Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, super excited about the conversations that we get to have about innovative educational programming and work that's happening across the country and around the world. And today, we're actually going to have a conversation about Montessori, Montessori education, Montessori philosophy. Um, And this is a topic that's come up on the program numerous times because for our regular listeners, um, you will recognize the fact that so many of our guests have made reference to Montessori that obviously Montessori was something um, that they either had exposure to or their own backgrounds. Um, Lots of folks, um, when you really start to dig, especially innovative educational folks and founders, you find out they may have actually even attended a Montessori school way back when. So I'm super excited to be able to actually dig into what this thing called Montessori is. And joining us today are two guests. Uh, We have Hannah Bainham, um, who is the Director of Learning and Professional Development um, for the American Montessori Society. And joining Hannah is Melanie Thesey, who's the Senior Director of Membership and School Accreditation for the Society. So ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks. Welcome. Excellent. Okay, so I want to start with the sort of 100,000-foot view, first and foremost. Um, And I'm actually going to toss it to the two of you, so either one of you um, can answer this question, whoever is best placed. But what is this thing called Montessori, and where does it come from? So let's set the historical stage. And I sounds like maybe Hannah is going to field this one. Right. <laughs> it's a big question. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard to sum up in a few few lines, but I'll give it a go. So Montessori uh, pedagogy is a pedagogy that originated from Maria Montessori herself, who was a doctor in Italy. Uh, and she spent a lot of time observing children and seeing how they learned. And she created this pedagogy, which is in countries all over the world today. Mm-hmm. And the pedagogy is really child-focused, child-led. And it's looking at the holistic child. And we really look at focusing on the process of learning rather than the product of learning. Mm -hmm. And it's really individualized in that we look at what the child is ready for at different stages. And we provide hands-on materials where they can explore and understand concepts in a concrete way before it turns into abstraction. So it's a hands-on pedagogy that's really child-focused and child-led. Yeah. And it's super exciting because it finds its way into so many different things, whether folks really um, utilize the the specific terminologies and sort of ecosystem that has been developed by Montessori, but it's really permeated so many education innovations around the world. Um, And so, you know, just I guess to add to some of the context pieces then, so how long has has Montessori and its 
I would say, I guess, formal form, but also its modern form, right? Because it has evolved greatly over the time that it has existed. And it really is one of those programs. One of the things that I appeals to me about it in particular is the fact that it has managed to figure out how to evolve to stay current and relevant as the world of education and the needs of our students have shifted. So how, how do you think that this the the Montessori sort of program manages to do that because that's not the case for a lot of educational innovations over the last 150 years. Yeah, I can take that one. So um, Maria Montessori started her form of education in the early uh, uh, 1900s and Mm -hmm. um, went through World War I or World War War II. Um, There was some flourishing of Montessori in the the United States, um, you know, early in the century. Um, And then it kind of disappeared and and you didn't see a lot of Montessori in the United States. And then um, in the 1960s, there's tend to be, there's this rebirth of Mm -hmm. Montessori education um, and uh, really just populated and, and, and became proliferate. Oh my goodness! It came all over the United States um, and even over all over the world. Um, certainly in Europe, um, currently in China, there's a huge, mm-hmm. um, a huge number of Montessori schools. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is this Montessori, not just in the private sector but in mm-hmm. the public sector as well. We're mm-hmm. seeing, um, you know, first of a lot of charter schools, but also public district schools, magnet schools. Um, we're seeing a lot of a lot of educators becoming very interested in Montessori because it does hit on so many of those, um, I want to say trends in education, but it's really so much Mm -hmm. more than that. You know, Mm -hmm. you see these, oh, maybe children shouldn't be sitting in desks in rows. Maybe they need to move. Oh, look Mm -hmm. at that. Montessori does that. And (laughs) and maybe they need to not just be lectured to at seven years old or 10 years Mm -hmm. old or 18 Mm -hmm. years old. Maybe they need to be able to experience what they're learning and and do things hands on and so I think you just you see so many so many things in education as you realize what's really in the best mm-hmm. interests of children developmentally Montessori has already done that work and researched that and I think you can there are a lot of components of Montessori that can be taken and used uh, in in pieces in education mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my you know I'm, I'm a purist I really believe that <laughs> taking all of Montessori and all of what Montessori has to offer and doing it all together um, is really what makes um, a magical education experience for children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Hannah, help us understand then um, the sort of the, the scope and scale, I guess, if you will. So Montessori is firmly established here in the United States. And so sort of from your role, from the teaching, learning, that professional development sort of space, help our listeners really understand, is this just a preschool thing? Um, Melanie's making reference to, you know, kids in a variety of age groups. So how, what does it really look like at sort of full blush in the U.S.? So Melanie might be better at answering this because she has a better scope of uh, of the schools uh, mm-hmm. that that we have. Um, but I can say that uh, it, you know Montessori really focused on early childhood. That was mm-hmm. her specialty, mm-hmm. uh, and then her son Mario looked at uh, elementary age, uh, and and uh, Montessori talked about what she called Erd Kinder, which was the secondary level, the high school age uh, as well. Um, but 
I think in the U.S. specifically, what excites me about the U.S. is that we have all of those age ranges. Uh, it's not just early years. Uh, mm-hmm. In England, where I was living before, it's mostly early years education. It really mm-hmm. focuses on that. Whereas here, we have that wide range of ages. And also, it like as, as Melanie mentioned, it's in the public sector as well. So it's not just a private mm-hmm. uh, tuition thing, that there's public Montessori schools making it more accessible to children all over. But Melanie has more details about the number of schools and everything because that is in her area. So, All right, <laughs> well, Melanie, I, help us out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so certainly uh, anything from birth to age 18 is mm-hmm. is what, you know, there's Montessori um, curriculum philosophy for um, and, and training for, for the, for the teachers. One of the, the trends that I find really fascinating, I actually recently looked at all of our member schools and, and kind of analyzed, you know, what age groupings do they have, whether they're public or private or proprietary or non-for-profit mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. looked at that. And what I found really interesting was that in the public schools, I knew public schools are going to have those elementary programs and, and secondary programs, but they actually did have those early childhood programs mm-hmm. as well, which mm-hmm. was really great to see that they're, yeah. that they are going into that since that is where Montessori started. It's where it all began. And that's where we see a lot of the private schools and, and, and vice versa. So many of those schools that started off as early childhood programs have grown elementary programs, right? mainly because the parents get to mm-hmm. that end of the kindergarten year and they go, we want more. Yeah, this where is do we what go? we want where for our go? children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. And so mm-hmm. schools inevitably say, well, then let's open an elementary program right. and let's keep this going. And so it's through the, the parents and, and their their love for what's what's happening. And then the, the dedicated teachers and heads of school who say, yeah, let's, let's make this a reality um, that we're seeing so many elementary programs in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And secondary and let, programs. Yeah, yeah, which is really, really interesting. So, um, and I'll, I will be completely honest in all of my travels, and I've seen some of the most amazing innovations in, in education. And I often say, you know, I, I've had the privilege to see those great innovations. I've also seen you know, epic failures and tragic near misses along the way. So I've seen mm-hmm. lots and lots of stuff, but I have never seen a Montessori high school. Does it exist? It does. It does exist. There are, um, I'm actually in um, Dayton, Ohio, and, and in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. there are two public Montessori high schools that have hundreds of students in them. Um, and they're fantastic. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. schools in California that have high schools. There's schools, there's, there are a lot there of Montessori are. high schools. Um, some of them, m- many of them public, mm-hmm. um, some of them private. The private schools typically have uh, fewer children in them. Um, sure. Public schools can obviously mm-hmm. have hundreds and hundreds of children where the privates will maybe have um, you know, 50, 60 yeah, students yeah, in the high school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, the, the, the philosophy is the same. You know, you have these children who, these young adults, not even children at that point, these young mm-hmm. adults who are ready to say, who am I as an individual? Yeah. How am I going to contribute to society? And, and so they're given the opportunity through um, humanities, through occupations mm-hmm. work, to really learn about what is out there for me and how do I fit into the world and to continue to do hands-on things, to continue to research, to have deep conversations um, mm-hmm. that, that really look, um, that re- analyze the world that they're living in and, and you know, adolescents are social beings. They like mm-hmm. to be with other adolescents. And mm-hmm. so if you can guide their conversations and their interests into, into history and academics and science and have that be what they're socializing about and what they're excited about, that's everything to those, yeah. to those, yeah. those adults, those young adults. Yeah. 
Yeah, those are the wins. And I'm thrilled to hear that there's some so close to me um, being located in Columbus. And so I'm going to go in and uh, check oh, yeah. those out because I've not seen, like I said, I've never encountered um, a Montessori high school. So I want to go see what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely will. So, you know, when you think about or people talk about what they think they know, I want to dig in a little bit to sort of some of the myth, uh, you know, that are surrounds Montessori, especially I would say, you know, you know, in that sort of 1980s, 90s, early 2000s phase when Montessori really was, you saw a fair amount of, of growth in the United States. And, you know, with all things that that are, are magical, some folks love them and some folks don't. And there's a lot of misunderstanding. And one of the common misunderstandings that I've encountered, certainly um, when Montessori comes up in conversations, is this notion that, you know, it's, it's literally a classroom where students do whatever they want. And there's no sort of directed learning going on, which is an absolute myth. So I want, um, you know, um, Hannah, talk to me a little bit about how, how you sort of work with the practitioners in particular around this notion of student agency versus the sort of facilitated journey that, that sort of goes hand in hand here. Well, this is something that I'm very passionate about, mm -hmm. and it's why I got into teacher education in the first place. Uh, I was a traditional teacher before I got into Montessori, and mm -hmm. I was seeing that idea of teaching to, you know, the middle. You used right. to say teach to the mm -hmm. middle, and, and mm -hmm. there was always children that was too easy or too difficult, and I felt all children doing the same thing really wasn't empowering for these children. Mm -hmm. And I knew from my own previous experiences in learning as well um, that, you know, I'd always felt <laughs> maybe not heard or not listened to or my interests weren't seen uh, mm -hmm. in, in my learning experience. And so when I discovered Montessori, it really was life-changing. And I, so I think one of the first things we have to do with our practitioners is you have to unlearn some of those bad yeah. habits that you have absorbed during your own educational experience. Um, but that is also where we really put in that idea of transformation and reflection. And that is a big part of our teacher education programs is we're looking not just what skills do you need to be a good teacher? You know, those are things that we teach and we look at, but what skills do you need to transform and to think about education and to reflect what it means to really meet the child and see the child in mm -hmm. front of you. Mm -hmm. And every year, children are going to be different. There's new children coming into the class. There's new experiences, new dynamics. And what we're really taught is to look, be like scientists mm -hmm. and to observe, to watch, to listen, to see what the child is ready for. And then we introduce it. So instead of planning just for the whole class and everyone doing the same thing at the same time, we're doing individual lesson planning. So mm -hmm. we're looking at your unique child. We're looking at their strengths, the areas where they need, uh, that they find challenging. And we're really observing. We're seeing what material might work for them. What We're seeing ways to engage them within the learning. We're developing a love for learning <laughs> with mm -hmm. these children because we're not forcing them to do things that they're not ready for or not interested in. Uh, but it does take a lot of time to sit and observe and watch and, like I said, unlearn some of those traditional ways that we were taught and really think about children in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that's some of the critique of Montessori, like you mentioned, that children mm -hmm are able to do whatever they want, right? Right. But actually, you know, when children have agency in their learning mm -hmm. and when you start with a young age um, mm -hmm. and they really have that love and for learning and they're not kind of 
restricted by by um, you know having to do the same things at the same time, you really help a child child develop their full potential, their mm-hmm. unique potential. Mm-hmm. And that's what Montessori really said was that each child had unique potential. And it's really about nurturing and caring for that unique child to really help them to blossom into being contributing members of society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can scaffold children to, to, to learn, right? To take that agency and learn time management, self-management, and all those sorts of things that honestly, a lot of traditional practitioners, that's the thing they're concerned about, right? Because it's not, doesn't happen in their classroom if they're not controlling every moment of what's going on. Um, so, you know, how, how do you help practitioners, especially practitioners who are new that are coming like yourself from a traditional educational experience, you know, get over the hump of, you know, this is a lot more work, you know, and most of the innovative programs um, that, you know, I've had the privilege to see and get to work with over the years, I hear this all the time. This is a very, very common thread in, in educational in- innovation is it's a lot of work at first, but once you learn how to do it, it's truly less work for the practitioner. It's really, really hard to sort of let go. So so what does that conversation or that training look like to help folks really make that leap? Because lots of folks are going to hear, oh my goodness, you know, I've got all these kids in my classroom and oh, by the way, Montessori is also multi-age. So I've, I'm not just dealing with my third grade curriculum that I'm used to. You know, I now have this, this group of kids and oh, by the way, I also have to have an individualized learning plan and be able to direct them or facilitate their learning all day long, every day. And they're not all doing the same thing, as you say. So yeah, that is that is nothing but a big old giant cesspool of anxiety for lots of folks, honest. But we, it's, you know, it's, it's doable. I mean, obviously, there's so many Montessori schools all over the world. It's, it's really a growing phenomenon. So how do you help folks here? What's the coaching piece look like? Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> you have to be interested in Montessori and kind of, and I think what, what sets us apart is that unique philosophy and pedagogy that we have. Mm-hmm. It really is, it goes beyond education. It's kind of like the beliefs that we have in terms of the interconnectedness of, of people that we, we're all citizens of the world, that we all have a unique part to play, uh, like I mentioned. And so, uh, I mean, I, I do actually think Montessori is easier than traditional teaching mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. once you learn the materials and once you really trust the children in front of you, mm-hmm. that is when the magic happens. And I think as a traditional teacher, I spent so many uh, years maybe not trusting that the children were capable mm-hmm. of doing what they were supposed to do and, and really worrying about classroom management in a way that I was being maybe oppressive or controlling rather than really... Um, you know, empowering them to make choices. And when you, when children have choice, <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. find that things are a lot easier to control often because, you know, when children react or, or behavior happens, it's because maybe it's something in the environment is not suitable to their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I find, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard kind of transition. Um, but, you know, it, it, when you, go and visit a Montessori classroom, when you sit in a Montessori classroom and observe everything that is happening and all the magic that happens all the time, um, it's really easy to see um, how it is possible. But Mm -hmm. I I do, anyone who is interested in Montessori, I always say, why don't you go and observe in a Montessori classroom first, see what you think? Because it's not for everyone in terms of teaching styles. No, it absolutely is not. But there's a lot of resources. So Melanie, let's talk about the association, right? Because there's this membership 
um, opportunity so that folks are, are getting involved in Montessori and the schools themselves that ultimately become designated or credited as a Montessori school. So what's what's that body of resource? What does the association, um, what, what, what does that give back to the collective, if you will, that is Montessori in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so our organization is there to support Montessorians. So mm-hmm. whether that's uh, individual teachers, people who want to be teachers, assistant teachers, mm-hmm. um, the the head of school, superintendent, anybody who is interested in Montessori, there's a place um, at, at, at AMS for for them and resources that can help them to be better at whatever it is that they do within that that scope. Our goal is really to have Montessori for everyone all mm-hmm. over the world. That's mm-hmm. what we really want to see. And so um, we're dedicated to creating those resources. So we have, um, you know, an AMS, we call it the Learning Library, that has 150 plus hours of professional development. That's all included in membership. We have um, we have Family Connection parent newsletters. Mm-hmm. We have, um, we have, oh my goodness, we, we, we sponsor the AMS um, Journal for Montessori Research um, that works with universities and, and creates some, some really great um, peer-reviewed uh, uh, research and 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 puts that together um, so that that can be continued to be proliferated in mm-hmm. the university setting. Um, we have oh my goodness, so many things I can't <laughs> I can't uh-huh. even can't even go through it all. But we really our goal is to, what can we do to serve Montessori um, throughout the world? And so mm-hmm. um, you know I think that you know, as you look at the needs of the the teacher, if we just go there, you know the the. The training itself, we we um, affiliate teacher training programs, and so we ensure that there are a certain set of standards, a certain um, set of curriculum for those teachers, for those mm-hmm. adult learners to be learning, so that they're prepared for their classrooms. Um, we then follow it up with professional development throughout their their career. We have certificate programs, so if a teacher mm-hmm. says, "You know what, I need a little bit more for yeah. reading," or yeah. "I'm not feeling," we've got a certificate program for that that can help to to really give them not just the Montessori piece, but the 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 research and, and how mm-hmm. is this backed up by research? How is this backed up? How can you su- be supported um, within your classroom and have resources to talk to parents about reading? And so we really do try to to find all of the the areas that 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 schools and teachers need support in, and that's our that's our goal is to is to help mm-hmm. them because it is you know you mentioned you know teachers going in there and saying I've got three age groups and I've got yeah. this and I've oh, got yeah. this and I've got this, it's a lot to juggle and so to not have to worry about where do I get a resource for this mm-hmm. or how do I write this thing for a parent newsletter about the philosophy of mixed age groupings right we right. have those things for you yeah. so. Um, so that's that's really our role is just how can we support our, our teachers and our schools and our so, teacher education programs. Yeah, so lots and lots of resources. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. So just for clarification, because I can imagine the wheels turning as folks are listening uh, to this conversation and that question that I'm certain that, you know, had we had a live audience that we would get here today is, okay, so I'm interested in this, but my, and I teach in a traditional school and, you know, it's the only option that I have. So I'm not going to be able to go to a different school. Can I be a Montessori teacher in in so my classroom become Montessori, um, or me as an individual teacher utilize those skills and principles, even though my school or my community as a whole is not doing that? Or do I have to find myself in an, in a fully encompassing Montessori ecosystem? What are my options there? 
So I can answer that. And my answer would be probably yes and no. Uh-huh. Um, there are certainly elements of the Montessori method that that can be used in, in a traditional schooling method. Hands-on learning. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love mm-hmm. hands-on learning? They probably are doing that already. The materials themselves, I think Hannah, you know, mentioned when mm-hmm. she was talking about, you know, the preparation of the teacher and, and it's really that the whole preparation of the teacher. Montessori works because all of these things come together. Right. If I were teaching in a traditional setting and I was told you're going to have first to third grade and use traditional materials to do that, I would lose my mind. I, it, that mm-hmm. just wouldn't work. You wouldn't be able to, to, to do that because you are developing all of those things. But because we have multi-age groupings with the Montessori materials, with uninterrupted work time for children, mm-hmm. so they're able to get involved in what they're doing. With the um, the trained teacher who has that philosophy and like, mm-hmm. how do we put all these pieces together? Um, and and student choice of of work, those things all kind of work in tandem mm-hmm. to be able to create this this classroom that works the way that it does. I wouldn't discourage anybody from learning about it or saying, oh, you know what? This particular material is really neat and it does show, you right. know, the children, the decimal places really, really mm-hmm. well. And I'm going to use that in my classroom because mm-hmm. I like how that teaches decimal place. That is absolutely fine. We encourage, you know, we, we want to share with, with the world these great materials or these great lessons, um, but it's not just the lessons. It really is mm-hmm. so much more that goes into it um, to really... Um, to be a fully implemented Montessori program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and that makes sense. I just wanted to be able to clarify for folks as they were sort of wondering, hey, can I be a member? Can I get access to some yeah. of those components? Can can I benefit in my own yeah. practice from, you know, being associated with something that is thinking very innovatively in that space? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I actually love about about AMS is because we're a, a Montessori organization who really does say we want anybody mm-hmm. who's interested in Montessori mm-hmm. to feel like they have a place at AMS. Um, and so, you know, even with, with our schools, you know, our member schools, any school who says we're a Montessori school, we want them to be members because that just means they're going to have access to our resources. Right. And the more that they read those, the more that they engage in our professional development, the better and the stronger they're going to be as Montessorians. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe they don't have all those components in place right now, but the more that they're learning and the more that they're engaging with our community, we see that they do become better and stronger Montessori programs for it. So, um, so yeah, we don't have restrictions on who can be an AMS member for that Mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. So can the schools be multi-themed or multi-lensed? So that's the other question that I could imagine. Um, You know, my team, when they knew I was going to do this, they're like, ask this question. Um, So this is one actually that comes from my team. And so um, could, for example, a school become accredited as a Montessori school and also be an arts school or also be a a STEM school or also be, you see what I'm saying, you know, an environmental, yeah. a green school, for example. And yeah. some of those oh, yeah. philosophical pieces may not 100% line up, but the practicality of the delivery and the way that the school functions, honestly, mm-hmm. all the examples that I just gave, right? Mm-hmm. You could you could put any of those labels on them and they would largely yeah. look, feel, and deliver for students in a very similar type of way. 
Yeah. So there definitely are schools that, that, um, that use multiple mm-hmm. uh, resources in, in their Montessori schools to continue to, um, you know, to grow them. They may have programs that are just after school. They may have supplemental programs mm-hmm. and they may have things that they integrate into their day. Um, we even have a couple of accredited schools that are IB schools, which oh, yeah, kind of doesn't go, go mm-hmm. really an IB yeah. school and a Montessori yeah. school. But yeah, there are schools that figure out a way to do both um, and and become accredited with AMS and also be a recognized IB school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are definitely ways we're not, we, you know, we don't, we don't say, no, 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 can't do anything else. Yeah. You have to yeah, be yeah. AMS and AMS only. Um, and even for our accredited schools, we have um, cooperative accreditation agreements with 21 other accrediting agencies. So we, um, you know, whether they're um, maybe a religious affiliation mm-hmm. or, or a regional accreditor, they want to have a, a cooperative accreditation. We do that as well. So um, we definitely, we play nice. So. There you go. <laughs> it's not there a problem. You go. Very, all inclusive. All inclusive. Yes, Appreciate yes. that. Now, I, I will say, though, I do want to put in there, like, there may be some programs that are not going to be really right, easy right, to integrate right. with AMS. So I've mm-hmm. had some people um, who say, you know, well, can we integrate a... Um, you know, this, this other math curriculum mm-hmm. and put that into our Montessori school. And then you go, well, wait a minute, what are you taking away yeah. from it? So yeah. Yeah. I usually try to talk to, 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 to teachers or to schools when they say, we want to put this other thing in our classroom. Um, you know, the question is always, well, what's going to be taken away from it? Because, right. you know, we believe the Montessori materials and that, that those core um, academic and, and you know, that prepared environment of the Montessori classroom, it has everything that the children need for it. So as you put extra things in, it reduces the amount of time, it reduces potentially the interest, it reduces the space in the classroom for those other things. And so just being really aware of what what are we giving away mm-hmm. when we add something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are programs that are really compatible and it works really great. Um, and there are other things that you have to really kind of go, hmm, are we taking mm-hmm. away too much mm-hmm. of, of, of what we are as Montessorians to really make that work? So. Mm-hmm. Yes yeah, and no for that one too. Yeah, there you go. Yes and no. That's okay, right? That's how these things work. So yeah. Hannah, you know, as we sort of wrap up the conversation here, you know, um, I would, I'm super curious um, in the role that you have and the things that you see, especially that that deep sort of teacher professional development component. I'm curious about what what is the what is the thing, the next thing that you're working on that you're super, super excited about, or as you think about your hands-on work, if you will, um, at that very deep practitioner level. You know, there's so many innovations that are happening broadly right now. We're coming out of the pandemic. And they're honestly, we are in a space of rapid prototyping. And fortunately, from my perspective, fortunately, it has come to the world of education and 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 folks are are paying attention they're listening they're rolling up their sleeves and, and they're opting in to try innovation in ways we've not seen especially in a lot of traditional educational settings so what are you jazzed about well i love being involved in the teacher education mm-hmm. journey. And as Montessorians, we're dedicated to continued lifelong learning um, and professional development is part of that. It's part of that continuous journey and knowing that, you know, just when you finish teacher education uh, doesn't mean that you're a complete teacher, right? And, uh, and you know, I, 12 years, 14 years, 15 years into Montessori, I still don't feel uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm there yet. I'm an expert, right? It's a continuous lifelong journey. And mm-hmm. so the things that I'm excited about is really, and why I took this job at AMS is their focus on innovation. Um, there, it really is 
we're looking at neuroscience. We're looking mm-hmm. at, you know, the world around us. And we're recognizing that the children in our classrooms are very different from the children that were in the classrooms during Montessori time. Right? Mm-hmm. And she was a scientist. She was an observer. She recognized that... Um, it was important to make sure that the the environment, the learning environment, reflected uh, the children, the society of of today. And Montessori, Montessori and AMS uh, are really dedicated to to looking at innovation, to looking at uh, ways we can innovate in our classroom, working with children, uh, bringing in neuroscience, bringing in things like the science of reading, which really complements mm-hmm. Montessori. Mm-hmm. So we've developed uh, the science of reading courses for elementary and early childhood, uh, which really enhance our Montessori uh, curriculum, our literacy curriculum, which we already have. And it brings in that new knowledge that we know about uh, phonetic awareness and, and how children learn and read and write uh, in different ways. So um, we're really, and we're looking at in teacher education as well. We're looking at how we can make components online, how we can do an online uh, learning experience to make it more accessible. Traditionally, Montessori training happened in person Mm -hmm. uh, during Mm -hmm. the summers or or a long uh, intensive time. Now we're trying to think about that in different ways. Uh, AMS, we've got an initiative coming up uh, called the Think Tank uh, and where we're taking some of these problems that we have have, such as uh, retaining teachers in schools and, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that uh, um, that's uh, trying to think of some of the other uh, the other issues that, that may be happening, you know, making sure that parents understand Montessori with choices and making sure that um, our teacher education programs are really accessible to people. Mm-hmm. We're looking at uh, uh, diversity and inclusion or one of our strategic initiatives and how do we continue to make sure that Montessori is inclusive and, and diverse and that we are really uh, allowing all types of children, all types of educators access to this. Um, mm-hmm. And so this think tank is really, like we say, a think tank uh, where we're taking Montessorians, they apply to this fellowship and they come together and research some of these innovative ways that we can think about how we can solve some of these problems within uh, education, within Montessori, um, within our world. And so I'm very excited about uh, being part of that and and thinking about innovative ways that um, we can continue Montessori's legacy. You know, she was a scientist. She Mm was uh, really curious about the world around her. And if she were alive today, I think she would be innovative. She'd be excited about the neuroscience that, you know, things that she thought about without having the the technology that we have today have been proven. So imagine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what possibilities she would have dreamed of. And I think that that's what American Montessori Society does so well is we we recognize where we come from. We recognize the tradition, the quality, and, and the pedagogy which surrounds us, but we're not scared about thinking about how we can evolve Montessori and make it more accessible to children everywhere. I love that. Thank you. That was just like the perfect way to wrap up this conversation. Um, yeah, that's just spectacular. And you know, it, it is the heart and soul of getting great innovative educational programs, however you want to define them, right, to be sustainable. If we if we can't shift, uh, we can't constantly innovate. We are never going to get there. So thank you very much for that. And ladies, I appreciate so much that the two of you were able to take time out of your day to join us for this conversation and to share about your own personal love um, of Montessori and the work that you're involved in and the opportunities that that come from the Montessori way of thinking about the world of education. So I think teaching and learning benefits from, from having the work that you're doing 
being um, front and center. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Annalise. So much, Annalise. It was lovely to be here. Thanks. Yeah, we appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. So we will be posting um, information and resources um, on the links um, with the podcast. So I encourage our listeners, um, if you have questions, to reach out. We will make sure that you have the ability to get a hold of Hannah and Melanie and uh, learn more about Montessori as you um, endeavor on your own educational journey. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.